Hello, everyone. This is Stephen White, Managing Partner of Onyx Partners Group, and this is our podcast, Business Valuation Real Talk. You know, I was never really a big TV binge watcher, but I did watch a few episodes. Okay, I watched quite a few episodes of this phenomenon, much like many of you that was aired on HBO. You probably already know what I'm going to say. Game of Thrones. So for those of you that are familiar with this, you know that the whole premise of that show was based on a, a theme, and it was called Winter is Coming. So thinking about that theme, winter is coming, it made me think about this particular program um, and the theme for to this show for today or this episode. And the title of it is called Family Limited Partnerships. Sunset is coming. You see, families who have significant assets, they're wise to consider a vehicle that is called Family Limited Partnerships or FLPs. And an FLP is a useful structure for wealth preservation by protecting assets, planning an estate, and minimizing taxes. So when properly executed, essentially a family limited partnership can save families significant amount of money and gift and estate taxes. But please keep in mind that a family limited partnership both protects assets from creditors and it provides flexibility since they can be revised and altered as circumstances change. And while this can be a great way to take advantage of an estate tax protections, this particular type of partnership must have a purpose beyond merely reducing your estate tax liability to be legitimate in the eyes of, you can guess it, the IRS. So you should consult an attorney if you want to form one of these partnerships and not just any attorney, an estate planning attorney. This is not a do-it-yourself type project. Let me just emphasize that. But let's get back to why this is such a popular vehicle and it's become popular over the last several years. Now, remember, or understand, I should say, that a family limited partnership, it is a legal entity. And it's most often formed to manage family wealth and to serve as a building block for wealth transfer planning. And the appropriateness of establishing a family limited partnership is dependent on many variables, including the willingness of the owner to part with a portion of his or her ownership interest and identification of those assets with appreciation potential. So imagine your own family, if you all have appreciable assets there. So the senior family member, typically the grandparent or your parents, what they would do now is contribute assets to this family limited partnership. And in, in exchange, they would receive general or limited partnership units. So generally, no gain or, or losses is recognized by that individual upon the time that they contribute those appreciated assets to the partnership. Now, once the formation of this partnership is put in place, the parents or the grandparents, they often retain that role of general partner. And they transfer partial ownership of their assets uh, limited partnership interest, and they'll transfer it over to their children, or they can even transfer it to other family members, or trust for their benefit. 
like the limited partners. So the general partner keeps in mind that they retain control over the partnership assets. Even though they're transferring a portion of their of their asset, appreciable assets, they still uh, maintain control. That is so important for you to understand. Because I know that oftentimes we don't like to give up control over certain things that we actually have. But if you transfer them over into a family limited partnership and it is set up correctly, you continue to maintain control over those partnership assets as well as control over the cash flows that are going to the limited partnerships. And you determine the ability of the limited partners to transfer their own assets. And, and there are some occasions and there's some ways that you can actually put it together where you may even be entitled to a management fee as a general partner. Now, let's talk about those appreciable assets, those things that can actually go into a family limited partnership. And in reality, almost any type of property can be placed in a family limited partnership. And those assets that are assigned most frequently are those with appreciable potential. Okay. That's pretty much the the, the criteria that you would want to have in the assets that you're moving in, that they have a form of what can appreciate. And I'm sure the first thing that comes to mind are marketable securities, of course. They can be appreciated. And so that checks the box. You can move those into your family limited partnership. But there's also something else. Real estate, apartment buildings, your homes, they can appreciate in value. But there's also another type of real estate, land. Land can appreciate in value as well. You can move those. Those of you that have significant amount of land, you can move those assets into a family limited partnership. How do I know that? Because we own, my family owns a substantial amount of land. So the idea is to move that into a family limited partnership. So you have marketable securities, you have real estate. There's another one that you can actually include into a family limited partnership, family businesses, closely held businesses. These are your, your third, second generation family businesses. You can move those into a family limited partnership, and including interest in non-family businesses as well, with the exception of stock in an S corporation. Those can't. And that's another conversation in itself. But you can transfer marketable securities, real estate, and your family business, as well as still retaining control. So, But keep in mind, just like any other good investment, there's always someone watching over, over your, these particular vehicles where you can minimize your taxes as on appreciable assets. So let's take a moment and let's talk about the IRS because they do play a significant role in this. Even though they're very popular now, the IRS is always watching. So a few years ago, the IRS ruled that family limited partnership <clears throat> must be established for valid underlining business reason. It is, should not be for the sole purpose of minimizing taxes. We've established that. Now, acceptable business reasons can include enhancing the management of a family-owned enterprise, promoting family involvement and in investment decisions for the portfolio of securities, um, and ensuring the sound decisions are regarding any family-owned property. Those are legitimate reasons or business reasons or acceptable business reasons for having a, a family-limited partnership and transferring those appreciable assets. So those are all great things. Your understanding about family and partners, you're transferring them over. So what's the big difference between just holding on to them outside of the partnership versus putting them in the partnership? I'll tell you what. 
It's the valuations of those appreciable assets. So in recent years, as I mentioned to you, the IRS basically wanted to not only establish a valid reasons for you having this, but they've also increased the audit activity for the gifts of limited partnership interest in an effort to attack perceived abuses of the use of the discounts. So the discounts that are applied to those assets that you are moving over, the IRS is watching them because you have to have a valuation of those assets, the real estate, the marketable securities, as well as your own privately held businesses. So the valuation discounting begins <clears throat> with an analysis of the fair market value of the underlying partnership assets. And those assets, they're fairly simple process for marketable securities as that you compare them uh, to, to determining the fair market value of a closely held business, essentially. So once the fair market value of the assets that you're transferring over has been determined, what happens now is that a discount analysis is performed to arrive at a fair market value of the interest being gifted. So any of you that have had a valuation done of your overall business and you were selling parts of it, there was a discount that was probably placed on this if you were a minority ownership. So it's the same concept. But for those of you that have not, let me just kind of walk you through. I won't get too deep into the weeds, but I'll walk you through and understanding how that process goes. So once those assets are gifted into a, a, a limited partnership, there are two different types of discounts that apply most often in these types of partnerships. They include a minority non-controlling interest and a lack of marketability. And some literature, you probably have read it in acronyms as DLOC and DLOM. DLOC is discount for lack of control. DLOM is discount for lack of marketability. And intuitively, it makes sense. It's discount for lack of control, meaning that you do not have, you're not a general partner. You do not make the decisions as far as what goes on with the family limited partnership. And marketability, obviously, is that it's not a publicly traded security, your ownership in this family limited partnership. So therefore, you can, it's not easily sold as quickly. So those two are interrelated because minority interest tends to be harder to sell and therefore less marketable. Does that make sense? I hope so. Now, in determining the appropriateness of the level of each of those discounts, the rights of those limited partnerships are delineated by the state law and partnership agreements. They're essentially going to be reviewed. So there is specific attention is focused on the relevant provisions that restrict transfers as well as withdrawals by limited partners since limited partners exercise zero control well, I shouldn't say zero, but no control over the partnership assets as well as the marketability of their interests are often limited. The value of limited partnership interest is discounted for gift tax purposes. Now, staying with the valuation process, because this is extremely important for value uh, for family limited partnerships. The valuation method and the degree of the discounts are determined by those attributes of the assets transferred to the family limited partnership, as well as the degree of control and marketability of the interest being gifted. So before determining what is an appropriate discount, the person that's doing the valuation of those assets that are owned by the partnership, you have to look at what you're moving in. So remember, we talked about three different types, marketable securities, real estate, and privately held companies. 
So if, for an example, the partnership consists of just marketable securities, the value of those partnership equals the market value of the securities. So you have minority limited partnership interests and a family limited partnership owning principally marketable securities tend to carry a lower discount than other asset classes. That's the first level. Those are pretty low discounts. But then the value of real estate holdings is a little bit more difficult to determine than marketable securities because you have to deal with management, the maintenance of the properties, those things have to be taken under consideration when you're doing the valuation process. I mean, if you think about it, a house or an apartment building cannot be easily divided or sold. Therefore, the real estate holdings and family limited partnerships are often awarded a deeper discount than those of a than those of a marketable securities. The third level, which would be the family businesses those privately held companies that you own. The minority interest in a closely held business may be valued by referencing to trading prices of publicly held companies. So depending on the valuation method that you use, the discounts of closely held businesses may be even higher because they're more complex than marketable security and more complex in real estate. Okay, so they often ha have a higher discount than the range for real estate. Now, the determination of an appropriate discount requires somebody who understands the comparable markets, has current knowledge of the political tax, as well as other court cases. And again, this is not a DYI, do-it-yourself type valuations, mainly because these are things that the IRS will be watching and scrutinizing. So you want to make certain not only is your family limited partnership structured correctly and formatted correctly, you want to make certain those discounts are put in by someone who is an expert and understands the comparable of those markets, understands the different court cases that are out there. This is just for your overall protection. Now, to reiterate, family limited partnerships, when they are established for a valid business purposes, we talked about some of the acceptable reasons for establishing this. It may provide significant transfer tax savings when, while allowing your grandparents or your parents to transfer those assets, as well as retain control over those partnership assets. When you do transfer them, the main transfer tax benefit lies in the ability to apply a discount to those limited partnership interests that are transferred. So the valuation discounting, which we just kind of walked through, it allows for the donor to gift a greater amount of their partnership interest from one generation to the next. Now, the IRS continues to watch this, and they're watching it even more. And the reason being is, is that because, as I mentioned, family limited partnerships as of late have become extremely popular. And a lot of this is based off of a federal tax law that was passed back in 2017. It was called the Tax Cut and the Jobs Act. Probably remember this. I know it was a little while ago. But essentially what that law did was change significantly the tax impact on transferring wealth from one generation over to the next. Now you're starting to see why family limited partnerships have become such uh, a popular vehicle. And if you still haven't figured it out yet, let me explain. You see, when someone with a significant amount of wealth passes away, there is a tax that is paid uh, by the estate 
to the federal government. And historically, there has been an exception, exemption to, I should say, to the estate tax before the taxes even apply. So you, are you wondering still, what does this have to do with family limited partnerships? Well, let me back up just a little. With a family limited partnership, generally, the senior generation, the patriarchs of your family, essentially what they would do is create and donate assets to this, this uh, partnership in exchange for general partnership interest, and then give those limited partnership interests to their children or even their grandchildren over time. So to put this in perspective, if you have a pen and pad, you may want to write this down. As a result of that tax cut in the Jobs Act, an individual can pass along approximately $11 million to their heirs. And if you're a married couple, you can pass along $22.36 million to uh, your heirs. But here's the kicker. You can transfer those assets free and clear of federal estate taxes. Now, just so you know, assets that are above those exemption limitations are subject to 40% federal estate tax. But think about this, 11 million for individual, 22 million if you are a married couple, free and clear of federal estate taxes. Now, for this reason, this is why families have been so excited about this law, because now we'll they, they often will choose to give larger portions of their estate to their heirs through the use of a family limited partnership while they're still alive. And by doing so, they can avoid state, um, estate and inheritance taxes entirely and as well as stretch out their available federal estate tax exemption by transferring property at a discount. Remember, we talked about discounting through valuation of the marketable securities of real estate as well as their privately held businesses, discounting those to a fair market value. So if you execute it thoughtfully, essentially one could reasonably pass along 115% to 130% of the value of their exemption to their heirs, free and clear of estate taxes by encumbering assets in a wrapped of a family limited partnership. So it makes a whole lot of sense because that amounts out to roughly about additional 3.3 to $7 million in assets that a married couple could shield from federal estate taxes or, or, or 1.3 to, to roughly $3 million in savings before this tax law came about. So once it was enacted, you're getting an additional amount of savings. Now, just so that you know, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act increased the value of it. There was always something there, but during that time period, it increased the value. So it made family limited partnerships even more intriguing. And by the way, as an added bonus, once the transfer of the limited partnership interest is made to future generations, any growth, any growth in value of the underlying property of the family limited partnership occurs free of estate and inheritance taxes as well. So if a business those privately held businesses or the land or the real estate that you actually have or your investment portfolio is particularly fast growing, this could be a very effective way of avoiding future estate as and gift taxes. So hopefully your mind is spinning around and around and around and that makes a whole lot of sense, right? 
But you're probably thinking, this sounds like it's a lot of work to put this together. I got to find a, a an attorney, an, an estate planning attorney. I had to find a really good evaluator on Partners Group right, to help you with your family limited partnership valuing those. Is this something I have to do right now or, or can I just put it off for a little while? Well, as we like to say in the world of valuation, it depends. You see, the name of this episode, Family Limited Partnerships, but it's also called Family Limited Partnership Sunset is Coming. So now let me explain what that means. So if we go back to the Game of Thrones, the whole point of Game of Thrones was understanding that winter is coming and that they had to get prepared because eventually the weather that they actually were experiencing was going to come to an end and winter was coming, along with a few other things. So that same philosophy applies here. All the great things that were going on right now since the, the Tax Cut and the Jobs Act, understand that sunset is coming. Because in 2017, when the United States underwent that significant uh, shift in their tax landscape, they implemented this. Remember, I said that they already had something put in place. They just increased it. So among its provisions was a substantial increase in the state tax exemption, aiming and it was aiming design it was designed really to alleviate the burden on individuals passing down their estate to their heirs generational wealth transfer right even though this is an exciting um provision that was put in place for many people to take full advantage of this that tax cut was never meant to be permanent it had a provision that was placed into it. Wait for it. A sunset provision. <laughs> and its expiration is, design, is set for 2026. What year are we in? 2024. So the sunset is coming. Now, with this in mind, with this in mind, keeping the mindset of all the benefits that you can actually have with this, Understanding that the TCGA, the tax cut and the jobs, like double the estate tax exemption and strategies to safeguard on your overall estate, which is which is really extremely important. This boosted uh, offered your families or 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 your grandparents, I should say, all of this is still your family, giving you greater flexibilities of passing on those assets without incurring federal estate taxes. But the law also stipulates that a higher exemption level would sunset at the end of 2025. And that end is December 31, 2025. There is a chance, there is that chance that the government could step in and either extend it or make some adjustments to it. There is that possibility. Now, of course, we can't even balance a budget right now. So I'm not sure how that's going to work. But this is business valuation, real talk, not a politics podcast. So we'll leave that portion of it aside. But just understand that sunset is coming. There are a lot of benefits. Estate planning is extremely crucial in navigating the landscape of this family limited partnership and making certain it's done effectively. So you have if, if three parts to this. If you have appreciable assets and you can you have an attorney, you need to find an attorney that's an estate planning expert and then have 
someone value those appreciable assets, you are on your way to establishing a family limited partnership that is that is acceptable by the IRS because you'll have acceptable reasons for establishing the family limited partnership other than just to minimize your overall taxes based on the things that we talked about. This is not something that just happened last week. Family limited partnerships have been around for years. It has just become more popular since 2018 with the increase of the tax exemption because it benefits families now. It benefits your families now. If you stop and think about it, if you had an if you own a business, you own real estate, you own investment portfolios, this is one of the things that is 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 it should be discussed among your families on how you can protect your assets. Continue to transfer your wealth, not only just for your generation, but your kids' generation and their kids' generation. We don't know how long this is going to last, but sunset is coming. This is Stephen White, managing partner of Onyx Partners Group. And as I like to share on all of our podcasts, it's better to know what you don't know than not know at all. I hope this was in a, a educational for you. You learned something. You walked away with something that you didn't know before you started listening to this podcast. And if that be the case, pass it along to someone else that you think that might uh, benefit from this. Or if you have any additional questions, feel free to send us an email at info at opgbv.com and we'll have someone reach back out to you or I'll personally reach back out to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast as well as provide you any information that we possibly can to help you get moving and in, uh, in, uh, in the direction of family limited partnerships. So again, thank you all for listening. Looking forward to you. Uh, being in your ear again next month as we come back with business valuation real talk have a great day